it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hey wrestling fans, welcome to this week's episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. You've obviously already found us, but you surely have other wrestling fans that listen to podcasts, and they can listen to us on any of 15 different outlets, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcoin, where you can make money just by listening to podcasts, and iTunes. Also, we have our weekly feature of the production line from the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory. comes out every Friday on our YouTube channel or on our Facebook page. On our Facebook page, we celebrate everybody's birthday daily to make a superstar of the day. We talk about wrestling all the time, and you can be part of the conversation by just joining us on our Scumbags Wrestling page. This week, we're going to look at the upcoming card for Smash Wrestling here in London. AEW's future as they get ready for their TV debut on TNT October 2nd. Then we're going to look at what happened in WWE this past week on TV setting up for this Sunday's Clash of Champions happening on WWE Network. I'll be right back after these very short messages. The one and only Tim Curry will be a featured guest at London Comic Con, presented by Start.ca, October 5th and 6th, 2019, the London Convention Center. Are you looking to get into the wrestling business? Well, look no further than the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, located right here in London, Ontario. It's... Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world, and he's even been brought down to the WWE Performance Center to be a guest trainer. We've already seen the likes of Jordan James, Kyle Boone, Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Pharaoh Bowman, Chris Mitchells, and many more. Plus, the new generation that are coming from the second group, such as Josh Pine, Shiloh, Nova, Frankie War, and many more. You don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, 
It's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. And located at 309 Exeter Road here in London. You hear the rumble in here? The rumble is the sound of progression and fundamentals are being made at the Wrestling Factory. This is Tyson Dukes and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast, y'all. Welcome back to our show. Let's dive into Smash Wrestling as we normally do to start off each and every episode. For the last 10 days, Smash Wrestling has been presented at the London Western Fair. It's featured the students from the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory and has been very positive for the fair experience. Looking at the future calendar, Smash Wrestling will still be here in London on October 20th as they present another Proving Grounds at Fanshawe College. Michael Grayson makes his Proving Grounds debut against Smash Wrestling's most complicated idiot, The Muscle. Grayson is possibly the most studious of all Tyson's trainees and Muscle traded a championship opportunity for a really long chain and lost it the same night. Michael Grayson goes one-on-one against The Muscle. The big lads will be wrestling as John Greed is a former Ontario wrestling top prospect and he's taking on the star student Jim Strider. Strider holds a contract for Smash Wrestling Championship match in his future. Greed intends to make sure he doesn't get there. Ethan Dukes has been in the wrestling business before he could walk, but Sebastian Suave has a huge issue with young blood in Smash Wrestling, even if it is his stablemate's son. Ethan Dukes enters the Proving Grounds on September 20th, opposite the endorsement, Sebastian Suave. Jordan James has a chance to prove himself in singles competition when he faces off against Carter Mason. James has been taking on tough competition as part of the revolt recently, but Carter Mason is no easy opponent. Fight or Flight are back together as they are joined also by Alexia Nicole, and they take on Duke's Factory Rogues Gallery of Pharaoh Cyrus Broman, Chris Mitchells, and Devin Devine. Halal Beefcake have their ear to the ground, and after the explosive debut of Baywatch, that hasn't escaped their attention. Angered by the, all the attention that Kyle Boone and Josh Pine have received lately that prompted them to demand a match with them at Proving Grounds. And it's a tale as old as time, teacher versus student. Can Rodney Matthews show Tyson Dukes he's the next star to come out of the Russell factory, or will Tyson be looking for a chance to lay down the law and set an example for future trainees? All this happens at Fanshawe College next Friday, September 20th at the Proving Grounds. After the Proving Grounds, Smash Wrestling will be in Tilsonburg on October 27th at the Lions Auditorium in Tilsonburg. Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades, and it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers would want to learn from a veteran of his caliber. Since October of 2017, Tyson opened up the 
Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory here in London, Ontario. Students learn all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. They're just $40 up to extra large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory directly on Facebook to order yours today. Hello, do you or someone you know have a business that you'd love to have advertised here on our podcast? Well, give me a shout at our email address, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, and let us know how we can help you advertise to the listeners of this podcast. We'll give your business a shout out, including information on how people can reach out to you and information on your services. Checking out other events happening next weekend include September 19th as Championship Wrestling from Ontario presents Thursday Night Slam. It happens at the Rock Pile at 5555 Denda Street in Toronto. Some of the matches you'll see include Teenage Dream going against Adrian Astar and Clash Kincaid. You'll also see Pretty Ricky, Buck Anderson, and The Cadet all in action. Thursday Night Slam at the Rock Pile. Championship Wrestling from Ontario. Then on September 22nd, Championship Wrestling from Ontario presents Back to School. Once again at the Rock Pile, 5555 Dundas Street West in Toronto, Ontario. Gregory Iron will be in action. Plus many more of your Championship Wrestling from Ontario superstars. Also happening on September 22nd is Alpha One Wrestling, King of Hearts 2019. It happens at 222 Queenston Road in Hamilton, Ontario. Doors open at 3 p.m. with first bell at 4 p.m. Tickets are just $20 in advance or $25 at the door. The first and second row are VIP for $30 in advance. You'll see a six-man tag team match including Trey Miguel and Fight or Flight. Teaming against the Impact Wrestling All-Star Team of Brian Cage and The North. The Alpha Male title will be online as Kobe Durst defends against Hacker Scotty O'Shea. Finishing off the calendar is on September 22nd, Crossfire Wrestling presents Fired Up 2019. Happens at 7 Park Ave in St. Catharines, Ontario. Doors open at 3 with the first bell at 4 p.m. VIP tickets are just $25, general admission are $20, or you can get a special deal of two general admission tickets for $30. You'll see Cody Diener take on Rob Rage. The number one contender, Tyler Turva, takes on the champion, Phil Atlas. Plus many more as Crossfire Wrestling presents Fired Up 2019, Sunday, September 22nd in St. Catharines. And that wraps up next weekend's events here in Ontario. This is St. Bassey. You're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Let's check out some news from around the wrestling world. 
It's been reported that Drew McIntyre has undergone surgery to address some lingering issues. Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane in a street fight has been added to the NXT live show happening on September 18th this week. That show will also see Roderick Strong challenge Velveteen Dream for the North American title. As a reminder, one hour will be on USA Network, the second hour on the WWE Network. One of the bigger news stories was this week from RevPro, where referee Aaron Wilde was attacked by Shaw Samuels and Josh uh, Boredom after they ended up losing to Aussie Open in a way that was not scheduled to happen. I guess one of the guys didn't kick out, and they'd already gone overtime anyways, but they didn't kick out, and they took out their frustrations on the referee, Aaron Wilde, and now that that happened, he took a scoop slam, and then there was a beating on the floor at ringside, and he's saying that he now might have to totally retire from wrestling after that beating. Ref Pro issued a statement. They said that Samuels made a horrible error in judgment, but believe that he tried to protect Wild with the slam they took. But they're going to do an internal discipline and zero tolerance policy. If this happens again, they're obviously going to get rid of him. So it's not really something that you should be doing to a referee. And it's their own fault for not kicking out. And the ref was just doing his job. Earlier this week, Anthem Sports Entertainment, they're the parent company of Impact Wrestling, they uh, announced that they're acquiring the majority stakes in Access TV in the U.S. and HDNet Movies. Um, I guess that's partly owned or was owned by uh, Mark Cuban. And somehow Steve Harvey is involved now with this as an investor. Steve Harvey's going to have a seat on the board of Anthem's uh, board of directors. And, of course, they've announced that Impact Wrestling will be moving to Access TV in October, coinciding with their next pay-per-view. So it's the combined venture with Access TV, including Mark Cuban, Steve Harvey, and Anthem Sports. Speaking of Bound for Glory, it's scheduled to happen on October 20th at Villa Park, Illinois. Currently, there's four matches advertised. The Impact World Championship will be on the line as Brian Cage defends against Sammy Callahan. Ken Shamrock recently made an appearance at their Vegas tapings and got into an altercation with Moose. And so that's going to be happening uh, with Ken Shamrock taking on Moose. Michael Elgin is going to take on Naomichi Marafuji in a singles match. I have no idea. I apologize. I butchered his name. And the Rascals will be in a six-man tag team action against Dr. Wagner Jr. and two other people yet to be announced. Impact Wrestling is also going to be doing some TV tapings, I believe, after the fact of this in Windsor at St. Clair College. So you'll want to be there for those two dates of tapings. In a recent interview, Triple H addressed the 
NXT expansion and the situation with 205 Live. And it sounds as though 205 Live will be non-existent and will just be absorbed into NXT to help fill out their roster a bit more. Now that they're going to be two hours on USA Network officially as of October 2nd when they go head-to-head with AEW on TNT. It appears that the finals of the King of the Ring tournament have been moved off of the Clash of the Champions pay-per-view happening on Sunday and will be done as a part of Monday Night Raw. Not sure why this was changed, but that's uh, appearing to be the new change in direction for the finals of the King of the Ring and not, I guess, get lost in the shuffle of Night of Champions. So after all of this excitement of our first episode of live television on TNT, what's a man to do? I'll tell you what. He's going to go down to the London Comic Con on October 5th and 6th. He's going to be playing some video games. He's going to be checking out the cosplay. And most importantly, he's going to be hanging out with all of you fans. So please come down and say hi, October 5th and 6th. But wait, there is more. Oh, 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 that's right. I've got a special surprise because I'm going to be bringing a friend. Oh, yeah, I'm calling a friend. My sister from another mother, my tag team partner. That's right. I am bringing AEW Superstar. You may have seen her before. Viho. She is coming down. And you can meet the two of us. London, Ontario, October 5th and 6th. See you there. See you soon. This week on the road to AEW on TNT, we saw two segments. One was with Sammy Guevara talking about his match coming up on the premiere episode of the TNT show, which is going to be the opening match against Cody Rhodes. He feels that Cody is overlooking him because of all the things that Cody has going on. Then Cody sat down with Tony Schiavone and talked about the future of AEW and his match with Sammy Guevara. He's conflicted a bit because the fact is he's looking also forward to his championship match with Chris Jericho. He stressed how wins and losses are going to matter because if he loses Sammy Guevara, he's probably going to be out of the championship match in November. But then again, if Chris Jericho loses the following week on TNT, in episode number two and drops the title then that match is off so they stressed the importance of wins and losses and then they hinted at the fact that Tony Schiavone is going to be at the commentary table with Jim Ross. AEW has already scheduled their first set of TV tapings that will happen on Wednesday nights. The first one is their premiere episode on Wednesday October 2nd It's coming to us from Washington, D.C. at the Capital One Arena. The first match scheduled to happen right off the bat is going to see Cody taking on Sammy Guevara. Then we'll see Rio and Nyla Rose go one-on-one to be crowned the first ever AEW Women's Champion. There'll be an appearance by Jon Moxley, and the main event is scheduled to be Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks taking on Chris Jericho and two mystery partners. I'm going to guess that those mystery partners are the former LAX duo. Then on October 9th, AEW comes to us from Boston for their second TNT show. We'll see the start of the tag team tournament. 
with the Young Bucks taking on Private Party. Plus, Sean Spears is scheduled to take on John Moxley. The following week, AEW goes to the city of brotherly love in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on Wednesday, October 16th. Already scheduled is the first title defense of the AEW Men's Championship with Chris Jericho and the first women's title defense with whoever comes out of the, the Rio and Nyla Rose match. On October 23rd, AEW on TNT lands in Pittsburgh at the Peterson Events Center. John Moxley will be in action plus the semifinals of the World Tag Team Championship Tournament. On October 30th, AEW and TNT heads to Charleston, West Virginia. Chris Jericho will be in action. The tournament finals for the Tag Team Championship will be decided, and John Moxley will be in action. On November 6th, AEW and TNT arrives in Charlotte, North Carolina. Matches have yet to be determined. Then, just three days later, AEW presents Full Gear on pay-per-view, November 9th. It's coming to us from Baltimore, Maryland at the Royal Farms Arena. We'll see Chris Jericho take on Cody for the AEW World Championship, provided they both have spotless records. This match should still happen. Plus, John Moxley will go one-on-one with Kenny Omega, as this match was supposed to happen at All Out. But due to Moxley having a staph infection, it was cancelled. But it's been rescheduled for full gear, happening on Sunday, November 9th. My apologies, that's actually Saturday, November 9th, not a Sunday. They're doing Saturday pay-per-views, much like how UFC does Saturday. Other scheduled dates include November 13th in Nashville, Tennessee. And Wednesday, November 27th in Chicago, Illinois. They still haven't announced the November 20th edition of AEW on TNT. Plus, there's the Chris Jericho Rockin' Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2. Happening January 20th to the 24th. It's sailing from Miami to the Bahamas. Last time it was on Norwegian Jade. One of the ships that I've been on before, and apparently it is now all sold out. But there's still a way you can be a part of it and be on the standby list. Day, it's a big day, and the reason why is that Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part is officially sold out, man. Thanks to all of you who booked in the pre-sale. Thanks for all of you who booked early. And thanks to all of you who are going to be joining us for the vacation of a lifetime. Now, here's the thing. If you didn't buy your cabin, if you didn't book your cabin, and you still want to go, we'll put you on the waiting list. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com. If somebody has to drop out for whatever reason, you'll be the first one we call. So there's still a chance. Cross your fingers. Maybe somebody double booked themselves. Maybe somebody uh, paid with Monopoly money and we just found out about it. Either way, there's still a chance that you can make it on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager and see if you can't, make sure to pre-book early for the next one. But for right now, we are sold out, baby. Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager Part C, that's C Part 2. We'll see you there. Think you got what it takes to beat Kenny Omega? 
Then grab a controller and let's see what you got. Join an elite group of VIPs. Play some of the greatest retro video games of all time with Kenny Omega. Old school technology meets modern day technique for one heck of a VIP video game party. VIP tickets are on sale now. London Comic Con, October 5th and 6th at the London Convention Center, presented by Start.ca. Trekkies rejoice. Denise Crosby, Lieutenant Tasha Yar, makes her way to London Comic Con, October 5th and 6th, presented by Start.ca at the London Convention Center. Before we get on to the predictions for Clash of Champions, which happens Sunday evening on the WWE Network, let's take a look back at what happened on Raw and SmackDown leading up to Clash of Champions. Stone Cold Steve Austin started off Monday Night Raw as he was determined to make sure that the contract between Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship was signed. As last week, it hadn't been due to the outside interference and consequential ripping up of the contract by AJ Styles and the OC. Of course, right after the contract was signed, AJ Styles and the OC did come out and interrupt things. They protested, a brawl started happening, and AJ turned around and got himself a Stone Cold Stunner. If that wasn't enough for AJ Styles, he still had a match to do against Cedric Alexander, and Alexander defeated the United States Champion with a disqualification with the outside interference from Anderson and Gallows. As all three men were beating down on Cedric Alexander, though, the Viking Raiders came out and evened up the odds. There was a segment where Roman Reigns introduced about five uh, children who were battling cancer themselves as part of the Connors Cure Superstars of Tomorrow initiative that they're doing throughout the whole month of September. The WD Four Horsewomen went to battle against each other as the Boston Hug Connection took on the unlikely team at this moment of Becky Lynch and Charlotte. They had to be on the same page to be able to battle the Boston Hug Connection. It was actually a really good match between all four ladies because they really know each other extremely well since their NXT days, and that's why they're as close as they are. Charlotte hit a really messy uh, moonsault that looked very botched. She landed feet first and then landed on top of Bailey. But in the end, Charlotte was able to block a flying elbow from Bailey and turned into a natural selection to pick up the victory for Charlotte and Becky. In a battle of luchadors from two different eras, Rey Mysterio defeated Graham Metalik. In a three-way match to determine who would go down to the finals of the King of the Ring tournament, Baron Corbin ended up defeating Ricochet and Samoa Joe to advance. Ricochet had the victory sealed up against Samoa Joe, but Baron Corbin came in and disposed of Ricochet, picking up the scraps of Samoa Joe to claim victory and move on to the finals. In the second week of battle between Natalia and Lacey Evans, Lacey tried to do another distraction on Natalia to gain victory, but it didn't work this time, and Natalia put Lacey into the sharpshooter, getting herself a tap-out victory. There was an addition of the 
Firefly Funhouse and all the characters seemed worried about Stone Cold Steve Austin and Stranger Danger and Bray reminded people that strangers are just people you've never met. There was an alarm clock that Abby couldn't get to change from 316. Bray hit it around a bit and it became 1119. Now there's a lot of speculation that 1119 is referencing the day that The Undertaker made his debut which was November 19th in 1990. Could this be a sign that Bray Wyatt is going to be targeting The Undertaker in the near future? We'll have to wait and see. Bray also reminded people that he is going to be challenging the winner of Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins at the next pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell. And he still does not uh, forget what Bray and Braun took away from him in a former life. The main event was a 10-man tag team match as Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler had approached the OC about teaming up to go against common enemies. And those common enemies were Cedric Alexander, Braun Strowman, the Viking Raiders, and Raw Universal Champion Seth Rollins. The ending came when Cedric Alexander hit a lumbar check on AJ Styles to pick up the victory for his team. As soon as the victory happened, Stone Cold Steve Austin rushed to the ring and started a beer bash with the victors. Then Tuesday night, it was SmackDown coming to you from Madison Square Gardens two nights in a row as Raw was there as well. It started off with The Undertaker coming to the ring. Undertaker talked about how MSG is his home, away from home, and legends are have come through the hallways of MSG over the years. Before he could continue, he was interrupted by Sami Zayn. Sami questioned whether or not Undertaker should continually return to MSG or the WWE for that matter, as the future is now and the future is Sami Zayn. Undertaker didn't respond verbally, but did so physically by chokeslamming Sami Zayn to hell. In preparation for challenging for the Intercontinental Championship, The Miz defeated Andrade. But before the Miz could celebrate, the current Intercontinental Champion Nakamura attacked Miz from behind, hitting him with a Kinshasa. With thanks to Alexa Bliss on the outside stopping Sonya Deville, Nikki Cross picked up a roll-up victory over Mandy Rose in their singles match leading up to the tag team title defense happening on Sunday. Heavy Machinery, Otis and Tucker defeated two local competitors from the New York area. Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns had a brawl all around the ringside area and throughout the arena. They ended up making their way to the top of the stage where Rowan used the boom camera to wipe out Roman. Before Roman got up, Rowan had been taken away by officials so the brawl would stop. They'll clash on Sunday. In a rematch from SummerSlam, Bailey defeated Amber Moon with Charlotte Flair at ringside watching. After the match, Charlotte got into the ring to confront Bailey, but Bailey took her title and walked away without getting physical with Charlotte. Kofi Kingston addressed his upcoming match with Randy Orton. As he was talking, Randy Orton came out and started badmouthing him. They ended up in a brawl, and just like 10 years ago, Kofi put Randy through a table by jumping off a 
guardrail in the stands, reminiscent of exactly what happened 10 years ago, and there was even a picture of it in the hallway of MSG. This all sets up the table for Clash of Champions happening Sunday on the WWE Network. Looking at the last episode of NXT before they go live this week, starting Wednesday, where you can catch the first hour on USA Network, not sure what's happening here in Canada, and the second hour on the WWE Network. Damian Priest defeated Boa. With a super kick to Shane Thorne, Johnny Gargano made his future in NXT known. He stated that he is NXT for life. Pete Dunne defeated Angel Garcia. That's actually Angel Garza. Cameron Grimes defeated Raul Mendoza. William Regal added Candice Array to next week's uh, match to determine Shayna Baszler's challenger. Shayna Baszler defeated Rhea Ripley by disqualification. And the Undisputed Era vowed to fulfill their prophecy next week when Roderick Strong takes on the Velveteen Dream from the North American Championship. If this happens, the Undisputed Era will hold all the gold in NXT. And here are the predictions for Clash of Champions happening this Sunday on the WWE Network. All the titles will be on the line, plus there's a bonus match with Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan. So starting with that one, it's now going to be a no disqualification match. I think this is where we finally find out that Dana Bryan was actually a part of the attack on Roman Reigns, and it most likely will become a two-on-one handicap match since it's no disqualification. I'm going to pick Eric Rowan to pick up the victory due to help from Dan O'Brien. Of course, with all the championships on the line, R-Truth is bound to be around the arena defending his 24-7 championship. How many times it changes hands beyond me, and if he becomes 15, 16, 17 time, 24-7 champion won't be surprising by the end of the night. Looking at the matches that involve the tag team titles, the women's tag team titles will be on the line as Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defend against Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. While Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross have been working well together, and very surprisingly so, I think you might need to put the belts on Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville and pull the trigger on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross facing off against each other in their own feud. So my pick is going to be Fire and Desire taking the tag team titles from Bliss and Cross. The SmackDown Tag Team Championships will be on the line as the New Day, Big E and Xavier Woods defend against Revival, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. I really see no reason for the New Day to continue holding titles. Of course, right at the moment, all of New Day are champions with Kofi being the champion for WWE. But I would really like to see the Revival reclaim the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The Raw Tag Team titles will be on the line and probably be one of the opening matches, actually. And it has Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman needing to team together to go against Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Roode and Ziggler have been making themselves into a really good tag team, especially with them being underutilized lately 
in singles competition. So them being a tag team makes sense. And with the fact that Rollins and Braun will be facing off against each other later on in the night, they need some heat going into it. So them getting into a fight, losing the tag team titles to Rude and Ziggler would not be surprising. And that's going to add more fuel to the Universal Championship happening probably at the end of the night in the main event. So I'm going to go with another title change with Rude and Ziggler picking up the titles. Looking at some of the singles titles for the men will be a triple threat match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Drew Gulak defends against Humberto Carrillo and Lindsay Dorado. Now with the feature of 205 Live being up in the air and rumored to be combining with NXT to help fulfill or fill out that roster a bit more with them going two hours live every week. I see Drew Gulak still retaining the championship and taking it into whatever incarnation the title is going to be in, whether they continue with 205 Live or, as I said, go to NXT. Shinsuke Nakamura is going to defend the Intercontinental Championship against The Miz. Sami Zayn will probably be at ringside, and I would like to see, and this is my pick, to have Nakamura retain the Intercontinental Championship. This also could be a plot later on for Sami to try and get it away from Shinsuke, and that's why he's lowered him into his confidence. But this is also WWE, and the way things are with Chris Jericho and how petty at times WWE can be, well, more than just at times, shall I say, but if the Miz wins the Intercontinental title, he will end up tying the record of Chris Jericho, needing one more victory to erase Chris Jericho as the most Intercontinental Championship title reigns in history. And as I said, WWE likes to be petty that way, and it could happen. If The Miz wins, guarantee that's the plot, is to at least tie and then exceed what Chris Jericho has. But I'm sticking with Nakamura retaining the Intercontinental Championship. Cedric Alexander challenges AJ Styles for the United States Championship. Cedric was one of the early 205 Cruiserweight Championship winners and is impressed since he was in the CWC. Even with the OC at ringside, the Viking Raiders could even out the sides and see Cedric Alexander pick up the victory and become the new United States champion, as AJ Styles really doesn't need a championship around his waist. Charlotte Flair challenges Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This will make her 10th women's title if she is victorious over Bailey, and it's happening in Charlotte, North Carolina. However, I still think with Bailey's possible heel turn, which is very gray area at the moment because Charlotte is a heel as well, they need to do something to keep that going, and with her affiliation still with Sasha, I see Bailey retaining the SmackDown Women's Championship. Over with the Raw Women's Championship, Though, Sasha Banks made an impact by returning after being away since WrestleMania. Now, unless something was hugely promised, like 
giving her the Raw Women's Championship, I don't see her picking it up yet from Becky Lynch, as the man gimmick still needs to be going, and Becky Lynch still has a lot of momentum on her side with popularity doing the whole man thing. So I see Sasha coming up short and Becky retaining the Raw Women's Championship. The WWE Championship will be online as Kofi Kingston defends against Randy Orton. Now we didn't see a definitive winner with SummerSlam with these two, and I think tonight we're also not going to see a definitive winner in this case, and possibly Randy Orton running away and seeking refuge and salvation from the attack that Kofi's going to bring to him. The Revival might be getting involved. The New Day might get involved as well. And this contest will be thrown out. This will cause more friction between them. And with Helen and Sala coming up in just a few short weeks after Clash of Champions, we're going to need to have something really big going into Hell in a Cell and a reason for that match. And this is going to be the reason as the WWE Championship will be defended in Hell in a Cell. As there's no rules, there must be a winner in that concept. So there will not be a winner, not be a loser. It'll be thrown out tonight leading to Hell in a Cell. And finally, let's wrap this up with Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. Braun Strowman and Seth probably will lose the tag team titles, as I said just a couple minutes ago, and this will have a more heated battle between them. Maybe an actual line between who's face, who's heel. And either way, I think, as much as it would be nice to see Braun Strowman finally grab that brass ring and become the champion, it's not going to happen yet. And Seth Rollins will retain the WWE Universal Championship and end the show holding it high. So that's Clash of Champions happening Sunday on the WWE Network. Be sure to post your predictions for this card over on our Facebook page as we'll be having a little bit of fun following along. The Signature Spot with Chris Toplack is a weekly podcast available every Thursday that covers the world of professional wrestling. It's an easy-to-digest show that ranges from 30 to 40 minutes in length and focuses on show recaps, highlights from the week, industry news and rumors, full event previews along with predictions, topics of the week, and featured guests such as journalists and fellow podcasters. It's a professional yet personable show that's all about connecting with you. To subscribe, head over to youtube.com forward slash the signature spot or listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available. And to be a part of the conversation, like the signature spot on Facebook. Hi, I'm the Fireball Kid, Jordan James, and this is the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. This concludes another edition of the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to join me on our Facebook page to do your predictions for this Sunday's Clash of Champions from WWE. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast, whether your friends listen to us on iHeartRadio, Podcoin, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and any of the other 10 locations that we're available on. If you love podcasts, we're probably on that different station. This week, there will be a new edition of 
the production line as the production line has been on hiatus while Tyson Duke's Wrestle Factory has been wrestling at the Western Fair. So until next time, have a great one and enjoy the week in wrestling. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. i